no one has ever seen this kind of uh, perspective unless they've actually been on a hotshot crew. Enchanted Sky Media. This is Code 3, the podcast for firefighters. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again this week. And it's movie review time. I'm taking a look at the new film, Only the Brave. It's the story of the Granite Mountain hotshots. But first, here's a listening tip. This episode contains a whole lot of me. If my voice bugs you, there's an easy fix. Just set your podcast player for a higher speed. Here's what I sound like at 2x. The technology found in cars today is a little scary, and I'm not talking about self-driving cars. When you arrive at a crash scene, you need to be sure the car is shot off and it won't start back up again. Because if it does, you could have a very bad day. Not bad, right? Okay, only the brave is the story of the Granite Mountain hotshots, as I said a second ago. The 20-man wildland firefighting crew was based in Prescott. That's where this show is produced. So yes, I did know a couple of them. With that in mind, here's my review of the film. This is a solid movie. The writer, director, and actors all treat the subject with care. Josh Brolin plays crew supervisor Eric Marsh, and man, does he look a lot like Marsh. Marsh, who turned a city fuels mitigation crew into an elite Type 1 hotshot crew, hires Brendan McDonough, played by Miles Teller. At first, it seems like a risky hire. Donut, as they call him, is a pothead with a criminal record. He can't keep up with the rest of the guys. Let's go, Bravo! Let's go, Bravo! Kick it off, max level! Doors, pop quiz. You're cutting a line on the side hill below the fire. Debris and logs can start to roll down across your line. What do you do? Move the top trench. Move the logs so they're up and down the slope. There it is. Outstanding. Hey, McDonough, pop quiz. What's your 11th watch out? No, don't look at him. Look at me. What's your 11th watch out? The fire liner. Cutting hasn't been anchored. Boom! That's eight. Uh, you're getting... Spot fires across At the... At Alpha Squad, hold! What's your 11th watch out? Upper fuel between you and the fire. Firefighters died for us, and we could learn all these watch outs. If you get another one wrong, I will choke you out. The film centers on the relationship between these two characters. That's probably a good decision, because there's just no way the movie could have done justice to the 18 hotshots as individual characters. There's just no time for that in a two-hour movie. We do find that Marsh's marriage begins to suffer as he takes on more responsibility and spends more time away from home. His wife, Amanda, played by Jennifer Connelly, becomes frustrated and angry as the plot progresses. And it turns out Donut also wants to spend more time with his infant daughter. Miles Teller said the challenge was to tell a completely new story. They put us through a boot camp and we tried to tell it as authentically as possible. And it's tough when you're trying to make a movie dealing with, you know, small town USA and wildland firefighters. Like this job has never been put on screens. First time that 
we've ever done that and to do that in a way that's entertaining but it's also truthful um and i think that was joe that was what i took away from it with joe right off the bat he wanted it to be as authentic as possible josh brolin runs away with this movie he's the center of it as well as its heart and soul here's what he had to say about playing eric marsh for me there should be a moment that the audience is educated on um on how tough it is to be a wildland firefighter and just a moment of respect for those people. Um, And then beyond that, to get into a story about the extremes of nature and our egos about thinking that we can control it all the time when we necessarily, we, we, we don't, we can't necessarily. And sometimes it just does what it does. It's not that it wins or it loses. It just does what it does. And when you have a hundred, you know, chaparral that hasn't been burned in 120 years and it just is going up a chimney and you have the wind, yeah, it's just, it just happens. So to me, um, every, every person that sees this movie is going to want to wave a little bit longer to every firefighter they see afterwards. Counseling Brolin's Marsh character is Division Chief Dwayne Steinbrink, well played by Jeff Bridges. It's a given that some timelines and details will be altered in any movie based on true events. That's just how Hollywood storytelling works. For example, the movie places the Hotshots headquarters, Station 7, on a picturesque high plane, not in the middle of town in an industrial area as it really was. Maybe it looks prettier there. And the real downtown Prescott is seen in only a couple of daytime shots. The rest are obviously a different town shot at night to kind of disguise it, but not really. These were minor flaws, though. Prescott residents will undoubtedly pick on them. There are plenty of them to find. But overall, only the brave will give an audience that by and large has no idea of what hotshots do. A good look at their job. The movie is very effective at telling a story that leads to an ending we already know. The credits, which combine photos of the actors with the hot shots they played, is a nice touch. Go see this movie. Here to talk about how realistic the film is are Brendan McDonough and Prescott Fires Pat McCarty. Welcome to Code 3, gentlemen. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Brendan, we'll start with you. Your character had plenty of flaws, and I was wondering what it was like to see all that shown on the big screen. I think it was, it was an amazing opportunity to show uh, how great my brothers were and you know how far they were willing to go to help people, not only um, out there fighting fires, but within the crew as well, and to, to give me such an amazing second chance. Just so honored uh, to, to have that. Pat, how well does this movie succeed in the realism department? Uh, you know, I, I would say that authenticity of this film was number one as far as uh, the production's uh, mindset. You know, to make a film like this, uh, if if you don't have the realism, then you don't really have a film. And they put this number one from day one, and they carried it through all the way uh, through the end of shooting and through all the publicity that's been going on. 
Brendan, was it tough to relive the whole thing as you watched the film being produced? I mean, you went through it once in real life, and then you went through it again in filming life. How did that go? You know, this film doesn't only, you know, portray, you know, how they passed, but it shows how they lived, and to be able to be a part of that, you know, and to honor them in in such a great way, um, to to give depth to who these, these men were and what the wildland firefighting community is was just uh, a pretty great experience. And, Brendan, what do you think the audience should take from this film? I think, um, you know, the brotherhood, the camaraderie, and I, I hope they learned something, you know, about wildland firefighting. And, you know, I encourage them, you know, if you live in a place where wildfires are prevalent, to, to reach out to your local resources and um, just, you know, ask how you can help and, you know, I think it, we would be so appreciative. Now, Pat, I've been thinking about this for a while. Do you think the national audience, the people who maybe live back east and don't know much about wildfires, are going to treat this film differently? It'll be educational for them? You know, that's my hope for all of the audience, whether uh, it's the east coast or the west coast or everyone in between, because this is a film like nothing they've ever seen before, and in Arizona and Prescott, we're, you know, we have the unfortunate opportunity to see a lot of fire, but no one has ever seen this kind of uh, perspective unless they've actually been on a hotshot crew. So I'm hoping that uh, any audience member will be able to look at this and learn something about the guys, something about Grand Mountain Hotshot, or something about hotshots and wildland firefighters in general. What was your experience with the actors and how much they had to learn about this? You know, my experience with the actors was uh, a great experience. We were able to immerse them in a hotshot boot camp, uh, myself and several other Granite Mountain hotshots and Brennan McDonough. Um, We were able to uh, put them through a boot camp for about a week long and really set the tone and the pace for this film. And those guys, uh, they put their heart and soul into it. Now, Brendan, I know that you've been through about a million and a half interviews on the subject before the film came along, so I'm curious how how hard they had to twist your arm to get you to do the film after all that you know when i when i when we you know when we learned of their intentions and as we continued to you know kind of go through the process of of whether you know we thought they could do this film justice and and bring honor to our brothers. You know, we just really uh, came to learn how authentic and um, accurate they wanted to portray them. And so as we went through that process and just learned their intentions and who they were as people, it um, it got a little more comfortable and comfortable to be able to um, kind of agree to, uh, to make this film. And, you know, that continued to get carried on through the entire filming process of just the key thing being, uh, you know, authentic to our brothers and to the wildfire community. Is it fair to say you had a little trepidation at first about doing this? Yes, you know, in the very beginning, and as I got, like I was saying, as, as I got to know the producers and the, and the directors and the, the screenwriter, and, you know, it just really uh, put me at ease knowing that um you know they wanted this to be authentic that was their goal from the the first day and they they made that very clear and evident and you know we see that in this film and I'll ask you both this you can start Brendan how do you respond to those people who say it's too soon for this film 
You know, I think that's their their own personal opinion, and I and I believe they're entitled to that. This film brings you know great honor to our brothers. It, it brings such a, an amazing insight into the wildland firefighting community. This is the first film of its time, and even though you know wildland firefighters do not like to be in the spotlight, they deserve this kind of honor and respect. They deserve people to wave a little bit longer, and they deserve for people to understand what they do and what they're willing to sacrifice. And Pat, how do you respond to that? You know, I I don't feel like there would ever be a time that would be perfect timing for this film, but I do think that it has a great opportunity, especially uh, in light of all the fires that have gone on this year, to shed a light on what hotshots and wildland firefighters actually do and how hard they work and the support system that they need to have at home to be successful on the line and uh, in everyday life. You know, it's true. This film will be educational to some extent. I saw a YouTube comment on the trailer from a woman who said, this doesn't look very realistic. They're not even using water. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I could have used water when I was out there on the line all the time. Well, as a friend of mine said, well, you know, they have lots of fire hydrants out in the middle of the desert. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point. So, at this point, you're talking to folks about a film that's finished. What do you wish you could have included that you weren't able to get into it? Well, you know, I think that, uh, you know, being as close as we are to this film and to close as close as we are with all of the guys and the family members, I wish we could have made a uh, two-hour movie about every single one of them because that that would have been amazing and it would have been nice to to share uh, the life of each one of them over a two-hour film. Um, So, you know, it would have been really neat to have uh, an individual film about each guy, but, you know, uh, that's just not the world we live in. And, Brendan, what what would you have liked to have added if you possibly could have? I think, you know, Pat hit the the nail on the hammer, and um, what was so greatly done is, you know, how they portrayed that, those, those moral characteristics and, just um, who these men were and who the men and women are that are on the line right now uh, is is so well portrayed in this film and does a great job of honoring that. Okay, Brendan McDonough and Pat McCarty, thanks for joining me today on Code 3. Thank, Thank you, you, Scott. Only the Brave opens October 20th nationwide. There's more on our website at code3podcast.com slash brave. There you go. Now, have you become a patron of Code 3 yet? It's your opportunity to support the show. We're asking for monthly pledges at all levels, and we're offering rewards for you, too. Join listeners like Blaine Donovan and Steve Rutherford. Thanks for the support, guys. What is Code 3 worth to you? A buck a month? Five? Ten? Maybe more? Just head over to the website, Code3Podcast.com, and click on the Patreon link so you can become a patron of Code 3. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with more. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.